all the unique characters. I do let them bang. Yeah, I say, yeah, I'm a legend, man. I'm building my legs. All the stories and perspectives featured weekly. I wasn't fully committed to that choke, and I kind of sunk into it, started squeezing tighter, and I kind of heard him gurgle a little bit. I was like, oh. And all the combat sports you could ask for in the best state in the U.S. Like I said, Ohio versus the world. It's going to happen for sure. Watch out. It'll be cool, man. I'm not worried about it. I'm going to show them why the Ohio MMA scene is, in my opinion, one of the best MMA scenes in the country. This is Forged in OH. IO. OH. IO. OH. IO. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 62 of Forged in Ohio. My name is Jake Murray, and I'm the host of the podcast. Hope you all enjoyed last week's episode. We started 2024 in a big way with Alex Aleko Poinar joining the show ahead of his big fight in Cleveland on January 27th. Poinar is an excellent fighter, and today's guest is an excellent fighter as well. He first joined me on episode 27 of Forged in Ohio all the way back in May. Since then, he's won two more amateur MMA fights, including a bout for the Cage Thunder Welterweight Championship at Cage Thunder 25. I couldn't be more excited to welcome Chase, the Archangel Archangelo, to the show for the second time. Thanks for coming on the show, Chase, and welcome back to Forged in Ohio. Yeah, thank you, man, so much for having me back on here. Really excited to get back on here. Yeah, as am I, man. Let's dive right into your recent win at Cage Thunder 25, where you were crowned as the promotion's welterweight champion. Being a part of the card myself, I witnessed how confident you were on fight day. How sure were you that you're walking out of the Civic Center that day with your first MMA title? Uh, you know, it was it actually was pretty simple, man. I, I, I didn't really, you know, listen to a lot of the uh, critics and everything like that, saying that it was going to be a dog fight, it was going to be a war. Yeah, I was prepared for it, but you know, it's only a war, only a war unless I allow it to be. You know, and I and I I preach that a lot, and you know, I was super confident coming in. You know, I knew Garrett was a uh, Hershberger was a very good, a dominant opponent. You know, he's beaten a lot of good guys. He beat one of my teammates, and uh, you know, so I know he was the real. I knew he was the real deal, but you know, I was just very confident in my coaching staff, my family. Um, I had a really great support system. Um, throughout training camp also I was still helping out you know in big big training camps you know and um, it really gave me a lot of confidence and I you know really spoke preached about it myself just being able to um, going out there and being calm and collected not overthinking everything like a lot of people do yeah, I, you're the ultimate competitor out there, and I think I called you yeah. the apex predator on the broadcast because of how you were moving and not taking your eye off your opponent, Garrett Hirschberger. Do you just see red when you see your opponent walk to the cage? Um, Not really. You know, I, I, I really visualize of me, you know, I, when I step in the cage, I know it's all business. And, uh, you know, I just always think about, you know, I don't take my eyes off him until the ref yanks me off him, you know. And, um, I mean, I know I, I assume Garrett's a great guy outside of the cage, you know, but he's a great fighter, you know. And um, at the end of the day, though, we're going to be throwing punches at each other, and it's going to be me or him. So I'd rather it be me. So I'm going to go out there and run through somebody until someone yanks me off him, you know. And I, I go out there and – I pretty much, you know, have the same mentality of every fight. I go out there and run through somebody, you know, 
and I don't give them time to breathe. I, I make sure that I stay calm and collected and like, I never take my eyes off anybody. And, and if they take their eyes off me, I already know I mentally got them. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because warming up before the fight, you were saying some insane things to the broadcast crew, and I won't repeat them here because <laughs> you're also a yeah. showman. Like, you mean business when you get locked into a cage, but you're a showman, though, when you compete. Like, you enjoy having fun out there when fighting, and you make it a fun process for not only yourself, but everyone in attendance as well, right? No, yeah, absolutely. You get, in this game, you have, to, uh, you have to be an entertainer, you know, and, uh, you know, you got to be able to sell tickets, you know, and... And, you know, talk, talk shit and back it up, you know, and uh, I'm very confident that I can, you know, I have a very, very high and, you know, high energy personality, you know, and uh, it's, you know, it's kind of nerve wracking to do it because, you know, you can be that kind of guy and then get your lights put out like that. But, you know, it's being able to balance it out and, you know, know when to be a showman and to know when to be a killer, you know, and, you know, I know when to turn it off and turn it on, you know, and. Obviously, before the fights, you know, I love, I thrive off my environment, you know. I like fighting in hostile crowds. I like fighting in my hometown crowd, you know. And I've been competing my whole life in wrestling, and I've wrestled in scary crowds. And, you know, I've wrestled overseas, and I've done all of it. And I've wrestled in hostile territory, you know, when I was wrestling in college at Cleveland State. And, you know, to me, in my, in my mindset, I like to stay calm and collected. I don't like to be you know, not myself on my day, the day that I'm going out there and clocking in. Yeah. So it sounds like there's two mindsets. You have your, your all business and then you also have your entertainer. And I feel like once you get the finish in your fights, you're automatically an entertainer jumping on the cage, pumping up the crowd. But when you're walking to the cage and before the fight, when does that switch actually happen? Is it when the cage door locks? When does that happen? Honestly, it's, it's when, uh, my coaches, uh, before I walk out, before my walkout music, you know, they're right behind me and they always, and Cooper always says that, Hey, we got your back, you know, and Marcus Marinelli, you know, he always, uh, I'm not going to say anything what he says, cause it's always me and him private, but he always says some really inspiring things to me, you know, and like saying that I've been training my whole life for this moment. And like, this is, I've beat a lot of good guys, you know, throughout my career, you know, and now it's here. And I know that when I go out there and I look around, you know, when, before I go in the cage, I'm like, all right, here we go. And then it's right when Coach, when Marcus puts the Vaseline on me, um, it's kind of, that's probably when I'm like, all right, I'm ready to kill this dude. And I'm not, you really used to being the first one out because Garrett was the second guy, was the last guy out. And I'm usually the guy to be the last guy to walk in the cage. But it was a different mentality at first. I, I was the first one to walk in. I was like, well, I'm not going to be staring at him when I'm putting my Vaseline on. So I'm going to welcome him into, into hell, you know? So that, that's kind of how I really thought of it. So I get to walk in the cage and I get to welcome him to hell when he walks in there with me. Yeah, and the movement you were doing inside the cage as he was making his walkout. I just, it was his walkout, it was his time, but I just could not keep my eyes off of you and what you were doing because it was just, I was yeah. already so excited for the fight, right? But seeing you do that, I was like, man, goosebumps immediately filled my body seeing the way you were yeah. acting there. And I, that's why I asked if you saw Red and things like that. So I have a lot of respect for Garrett. And I think it's safe to say that I was surprised by how easily the finish came. You got the job done in a minute and 32 seconds into the first round. Were you surprised yeah. by how fast the finish came? Um, yes and no. I mean, I, I really thought Garrett was going to come out 
throwing hands with me. But, you know, I, I didn't really expect, I mean, I, I didn't really care um, about how he's going to approach to me. But, like, um, I, I, I knew, I thought he was going to come out right out the gate. But I, I just feel like, I mean, I'm a very good psychological warfare kind of guy. And I just never took my eyes off him. I watched him take my him his eyes off me a few times. I'm like, I got him. And then as soon as, like, the fight started, you know, he threw, I think, two leg, uh, one oblique kick and then a, and then a kick. And I, I was still, like, have, I was still, like, my, my personnel. I went like this till my, I, you know, I shook my, I wiggled my finger at him. And then he was backpedaling a lot towards the fence. And I'm like, you, this is not where you, you want to be with me. And, you know, I just threw my right hand, got my takedown. And I, it was really easy after that. Cause, I mean, I, my, my, my strength training was intense this camp. And I didn't really, you know, I looked pretty, I looked a lot bigger this fight than my last fight, cut to 70. And, you know, it, it was actually like, it felt amazing. Like I, I just felt like I overpowered him, you know, and, and it was, uh, you know, I, I really thought like, I was like, oh my, I can't believe it's this easy. Like I took him down. I could just grab his legs anytime I wanted. And then it was, I think I, I slammed him once. I did a Metzger or something, but, um, but it was something, man. I mean, he, he, he came out and I thought he was going to start swinging with me, but then, you know, it, it, then I was like, Oh, he, I know his game plan just, Wanted him throwing kicks at me and see if I can get tired. But um, then I took his back, and then that was the end of it. So is it safe to say that you felt stronger in this fight than any of your previous four fights? 100%. You know, I uh, had one of my closest friends. He's also my nutritionist, Adam uh, Bradley. He was, uh, he's, a, he's my nutritionist and my strength coach. And we lifted, like, three times a week, you know. And, I, and we were trying to, like, stay within 15 pounds of 70, you know, because – my last cut at 70 back in June before um, the Bordnick fight, we were very leaned out. We lost four pounds of muscle. And then this camp, we really wanted to strength train a lot and work on really good motions. And Marcus Marinelli also helped me a lot with my strength training as well. And, uh, you know, I, I felt very – I felt like I was bigger than him too. I felt more sized on than, than Garrett. And, like, my strength training was very intense this camp, and it, it, it showed tremendously in this fight because, you know, it, I felt like I did not struggle. I had no sense of, like, you know, oh, shit or anything like that. I felt very in control, and I was calm, you know, because that, that, I do that sh- this stuff every day, you know, and I, I'm obviously in here right now. So, but it, regardless, though, it, it, it was a lot about my strength training and my nutrition as well, and I had a lot of great people around me and I surrounded myself with a lot of great people and it kind of gave gained my confidence up tremendously so with your strength and with your wrestling pedigree do you know a fight is over as soon as you get those hooks in and can flatten an opponent out like that like you did with Garrett on the canvas yeah you know and I absolutely if so if I ever get somebody's back they're they're not getting up I, and I'm, I'm it's a I have a 100% finish rate for a reason and, you know, I, I'm a very confident one. I mean, I've wrestled at the highest level. You know, I've wrestled the, one of the, you know, a lot of top guys in the world. I've wrestled guys there, you know, and I know for a fact if I put my legs in on somebody, they're not getting out, you know. I, and especially and a lot of people don't know the details that I put my cup on Garrett's back and it does not feel good. You know, it, it doesn't feel good at all. And stretching somebody out, getting their legs in and, 
it's just a different caliber. I mean, a high school wrestler is, eh, is okay, but Division One wrestling, man, it, it's a it's a different caliber. You know, there's there's D one wrestlers out there that are very very high athletes. You know, they they can literally jump in almost every sport. Probably not basketball, but you know, like they can literally almost do anything in the combat aspect of it. You know, and been wrestling. You know, I was wrestling for four years in college and wrestled 22 years now the 22 years since i've been around wrestling so you can't really never just throw away you can't really prepare that from anybody you know you can't really prepare a guy that doesn't have the wrestling pedigree as i have unless he's been wrestling just as long as me or competitive or competed at the same level as me you know what did it mean to you to win your first ever amateur mma championship after that one you know it was uh like it, it, it was probably one of the best, coolest feelings I felt. You know, it felt like I, I felt like a winner again. You know, I, I felt like I won a, you know, I was a three-time state champ back in the day and all American a few times in high school, and I didn't really get the success I wanted in college. You know, I didn't go to the NCAA's. You know, unfortunately, I didn't get become an all-American in college. You know, and after you know I, when I started fighting, I my first fight was at Cage Thunder, and you know. After my third fight, I think I told Randy, I'm like, oh, I want a belt. And then, you know, just not knowing that I didn't know the rules back then, you know. But, and finally, and then I kind of found found out that, you know, I watched Garrett's last fight. And against AJ, he was a, AJ apparently was a good wrestler, you know, he, in high school. You know, and I just realized, I'm like, you know, like, he struggled with a high school wrestler. I was like, I'm... I wrestle at the highest level, and I I still beat up wrestle, high school wrestlers that are ranked in the country and stuff. I don't, you know, but I've wrestled guys that are way better. You know, high school. I mean, I wrestled a couple of uh, my my coach's kids, the Miller brothers. They're St. Ed's kids, and they 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 give me a run for my money a lot. I love watching them. I haven't wrestled them quite some time, but they're three times my size now. So, but you know, it, it you know, I just surround myself with a lot, and I also when I train with Steve Bay. A lot. And I helped my, my boy Alexa out, Tom Moore. He fought back in Nash uh, in August in Nashville. Um, and now I'm get we're getting ready for one of my other friends, AJ Dobson. He's fighting in Anaheim, California. But when I won the championship, it, it really felt that a relief, kinda. I felt more at peace, you know. And like, obviously, my job's not done yet, you know. But you know, it, it kind of felt a little bit of a relief, saying that I feel like I'm I'm a champion again. I'm back. You know, and, and it was kind of a really cool feeling to do it in front of my family, my mom, my brother, and my girlfriend was there. A couple other, I mean, even a couple of my neighbors that I grew up with back in Delaware, they drew, drove out and watched. I mean, and um, the whole state of Delaware watched also in the Philadelphia area. They all watched. It was pretty darn cool. A couple of my buddies that played for the Browns, they, they, they were watching. So it was pretty cool. They are watching on their phones, you know. So I, I surround myself with very, very good people and, like, successful people and, it kind of gives me a more of a confidence, you know, and honestly, man, like the feeling of winning that belt, it, it felt cool, but I just was like, I was like, Hey, you know, it's just another fight. I'm not done. You know, I got, I got bigger fish to fry now. Now it's time to start ripping some more heads off. So when you have the the state of Delaware's support and they're watching your own family here in Ohio, and then you even mentioned some Browns players too, like, does that add pressure on your shoulders at all? Or have you been there, done that, and you have all that experience? You know, not really. You know, I've, I've, I've performed in front of a lot of high-end athletes, you know, like my fourth fight, my, my boy Jerome Ford, he was the running back for the Browns, go, you know, 
he he is an absolute dog. Nice dude. He comes in and trains with me sometimes. You know, wants to learn boxing with me and my boxing coach. You know, um, I've had you know I've had a couple other players in there. You know, come watch me and support me. You know, I've you know I've went out and talked to a lot of Browns players about my my goals and stuff. And I preach. You know, I talk about my goals a lot. You know, and um, and I don't really have pressure. You know, because having pressure is a privilege. You know. Being under pressure is a privilege to do something like that. You know, my dad, my dad preached that a lot when I was younger. You know, being able to to compete in the spotlight. You know, not a lot of people can do that. You know, some people can't handle that. And um, I've lost, you know, in that in that situation. You know, I've lost my my first year. You know, we talked about it last podcast. You know, I lost the state finals my freshman year, and wasn't a good feeling. Never wanted to have that feeling again. So then I worked my rear end off and won three in a row, you know, and, and uh, adversity is the best comeback, you know, and, um, you know, being under pressure, there's no really a lot of pressure for me. Of course, there's a chance that, yeah, I can get hit, you know, but the day goes on, you know, and like it just shows, it kind of shows like where your, who your real friends are, you know, whether they'll show you, they'll be there on the good times and on the bad times, are they going to be there, you know, but um, I really saw no pressure at all. Regardless, it was, uh, I mean, I, I just love and support, love everyone supporting me. And the, the city of Cleveland itself, man, it's it's un, uncomparable to any other city, man. Like, you know, I know I grew up in Delaware. I grew up like 45 minutes out of Philly. But once I came here and, like, you know, I put, you know, made prove myself that I was, you know, I was one of the best in, in the state, you know, in the Midwest. And now I'm able to, you know, prove myself on that. And the city showed countless support and i couldn't have a better city get behind me yeah i've never heard somebody use the word pressure and privilege like that before i really like that talking with chase the archangel archangelo on forged in ohio on social media after the win you wrote about keeping a promise to yourself about becoming a champion and where you were in march 2021 just months before your amateur debut it seemed like there's even more meaning to the win on december 16th yeah, you know, it, it, it was, it, you know, back in March, I, I was very uh, not mentally strong. I was very emotional. I was broken, depressed. You know, I, I got done wrestling. I, I couldn't wrestle anymore. You know, the pandemic was, was very heavy back then, in the beginning. You know, the whole country, the whole world was shut down. And I just felt like I lost my competitive edge. And, you know, I you know went through, went through a breakup and it, you know, kind of damaged me a little bit. But most of me, I lost my competitive drive to, you know, be a person because that was my identity. Wrestling was my identity, you know, and I didn't really figure out what I was. You know, I, I wasn't just chase the wrestler anymore. Now I'm, I want to find something else. And, you know, a lot of my best friends that I surround myself with, you know, Jose Rodriguez, he was an Ohio State wrestler. Uh, and then he went to Notre Dame and All-American there. He kind of gave me that drive to be like, yo, let's, Let's get out of your comfort zone and, you know, find something that we're not good at. And let's do it, you know. And, I, you know, it took me months to learn how to throw a punch. And I, I came to strong style. And, you know, they, they got me right. You know, they gave me the right mental mindset to, to be okay. And then when I won that belt, I just felt like, you know, I'm, I'm there. I made it. You know, I, I feel like I'm back, you know, and I'm a champion once again. I'm on top of the pyramid again. And now I know that it's just I just got to keep going. You know, and it's just, uh, it was just a lot of relief because I'm, I'm in the gym 12 hours a day and I, I, I do not 
rest until I am finished with my work, you know, and I'm still not done with my work. And, you know, I got to start dropping more bodies up at the professional level, you know, maybe in a couple more amateurs. We'll see. We got to talk to my coaches still. But, uh, you know, I still got to pile up the bodies. I think it's one thing to set a goal or promise something to yourself and another to believe in yourself along the way. I'm sure it helped to win your first four fights and route to becoming a champion, but did you ever yeah. waver from believing that you could fulfill that promise? You know, there, there were days like when I just had on my worst day, you know, I, I was like, dude, I, I don't know if I can, how close I am. I don't know if I can do this, you know, and there, there are days that you're like, why am I doing this? Why couldn't I, you know, go be a doctor or go be a dentist I, I don't know you know go get a nine to five job and like but the thing is though is that that's not what I wanted to do I this is my I, I'm an athlete and being an athlete is my lifestyle and I love every single aspect of being an athlete and I surround myself with spectacular athletes you've had most of my teammates on the podcast you know you got Charlie Charlie Payne he was my training partner all tra some uh, training camp and we absolutely worked our rear ends off. I, you know, and I trained with AJ Dobson, trained with Miles Robinson, my boy Miles. He's fighting in March. You know, we're getting ready. You know, we're we're team players. You know, like we're, and we literally just I if I, I just on my worst day, like I know my boys, they're like they got their hand out. Like I got you, bro. We're all right. And then the next day we go out there and we kick the, we kick each other's asses. You know, but like the thing is, is that the best feeling was. Even on my worst day, I at the end of the day, I got my boys with me, you know, and Miles, Walt, you know, AJ, Stipe, Alexa, Tom Moore, Jesse Murray, you name it, like all these guys that are that have been in the game for so long, longer than I have, they know I'm okay. Like, all right, let's get up, let's get back to the next one, you know, and surrounding yourself with with good guys, you know, and like, you know, made me feel good about myself, and even in the dressing room that night, you know. I was like, I was just in a good place. I was with my coaches, my, you know, my friends, you know, my, they're like my brothers, my, you know, my sisters, you know, they're just, everything in there is just spectacular. In 2024, sitting now as a champion in amateur MMA, is it crazy to think of how far you've come since 2021, before that amateur debut, when the mental fortitude maybe wasn't there, and then you actually made that promise to yourself and look at where you are now? Yeah, you know, it, it didn't really hit me until my third fight, you know, because I didn't really, or honestly, like my fourth fight, it was probably like my my scariest fight because like the guy that I was fighting is a brown belt in jujitsu. Guys, like, got some great grappling skills. The the kid can fight. Like he's beaten two very good guys on my team, and you know, I I didn't throw one punch in my first fight, and I was scared to get hit, you know, and. You know, Marcus kind of gave me that head, like, yo, like, you're going to get hit in this sport. Like, who cares? Like, and knowing that I'm confident with my hands now, you know, I, I did got out of my comfort zone. But, yeah, you know, it's just it, – it's pretty simple, you know. My first fight, it was just – I was scared, you know, didn't know how to throw punches, so I just used my wrestling. Second fight, I threw four punches, you know, and I took his back, beat the hell, beat the hell out of him, and then – Third fight, I mean, it was real, you know, we, we were fighting with an injury, so I, we did, we couldn't really use the game plan we had for the fourth fight, you know. So um, we, we went ground and pound, tore him up, and then fourth fight, I got I was finally able to land a few punches up on my feet, and I was ending up dropping the guy. 
And, you know, now then I put it all together for my fifth fight and then everything just started to come in place. You know, we're, we're getting better now and we're working on striking a lot more now because now there's obviously going to be people coming after me, you know. But all I'm going to do is just kick them in the face and shove them right down the bottom of the stairs, you know. So. Yeah, I love to hear it, man. You also talked about the noise of having haters and critics on social media. Did you really have that many people doubting you before you won the title? You know, I, I, I've heard a lot of people like, I mean, you got to be able to cut the cancer out of it, you know, and cut. cut yeah, absolutely. I, I, it was more of the silent majority, you know, like, yeah, there's people that that like, yeah, go, you know, rooting for me. Right. But I know there's always people that have the back of their head. They're like, I hope he gets knocked out out and i'm like i mean there's always gonna be people like that you know like i don't care what people think you know they're either gonna be with me they're against me i i really don't care either whether you like me or not you bought a ticket you get to watch you know and even be able to like when i go out there and shock the world and i go beat somebody up i like disappointing people sometimes you know i like disappointing the haters you know like you know, I, I knocked the guy out. You know, I beat the heck out of him. They think that Garrett was going to give me a run for my money. And then I went out there and smoked him in the first. That's why when I got on the fence, I'm like, where are you guys at now? And then, you know, and just making their next day suck. You know, I, I, I'm okay with that. And when the people that are on the Archangel train, you know, honestly, I'm like, let's keep it going. You know, I got the best support system. And then there's people out there that are obviously wish ill on me. And I don't really care. You know, and I've had people even tell like people that were that are very that used to be very close to me that I was an average fighter. You know, I've, and to me, that's why I just cut them off. I cut the cancer out, cut the trash out. You know, and we we put strays away. And that's just pretty simple, man. I, and I don't really care about what people think. It's just noise because they're gonna love you or they're gonna hate you. It don't matter because when you're out there, you're on your own. You know. Ain't nobody comes comes in there and saves me. You know, I, I go in there and I go put my will on somebody because when somebody gets in there with me, I'm like, nobody can protect you from me. Like, you're in here with me. So. Yeah, it sounds like you use those critics and haters as fuel and motivation, especially for the entertaining side of Chase Archangela yeah. that we just talked about. Yeah, and people, I mean, and most of these people, they've never been in the fight in their life. You know, they've always you know, on their phones and texting and confront them on, you know, behind a screen, you know, but I'm a very old school kind of person. And in here, we're very old school in here. If you got something to say to somebody, say it to their face and get our gloves on, you know, and it's pretty simple. I mean, everybody likes to be a gangster behind the screen. Right. And then when I, they see me in person, they're all friendly and all coddly and stuff. think they're, you know, they're obligated. To, I'm like, dude, if you don't like me, you can just say it to me right straight up, you know? And then I, I don't have to be near you. I don't have to, you know, I'm a nice guy when people approach me. Like, I, I'll never, you know, shy away from a picture or something like that. You know, like, just, I, I really don't care, you know. But at the end of the day, if you got something to prove, then step in here. You know, like, there's guys out there that's never had a fight in their life, never been punched in the mouth before, right? And then it changes the whole man's, like, confidence, I would say. Last question about the fight itself, because I saw some of this on social media as well. What was the celebration yeah. like after the win? Honestly, I didn't really know what to do because, like, I, I didn't really prep it. But, like, I did say, like, even before the fight that I was going to drop them right here, but I dropped them on the other side. But, I mean, the thing was, though, is that, like, when I celebrated, like, 
I wanted to feel that inner Rocky in me, like just to look at the crowd, I'd be like, yeah, I told you. Because, I mean, Garrett was the favorite. I mean, it, there, I think it's close to his hometown, you know. So I went out there and I jumped on the fence like I did last time. And I was just like, the champ is here, you know. And, like, I mean, I didn't have no thought to it. I just looked for, looked for Cooper because Cooper's my boxing coach. Usually, like, I just, I, I did. I was so excited. I didn't know what to do with my body. So I just looked at Cooper. He said, come here. And then I just ran over to him, jumped on the fence, and then just stuck my arms up. And that that's really how I did it, though, man. I just didn't really think it through. I just let it happen. I didn't really do much, uh, like, towards Garrett. Because I, I like Garrett, man. Like, Garrett, Garrett's young, great fighter. You know, he, he's got another fight coming up, you know, and gets a really tough opponent, you know, and he's trying to make a comeback. You know, I, I wish nothing but the best of him and um, the guy he's fighting, uh, uh, Gates Cook. He's a he's an up and up and coming, really good fighter. You know, and uh, I wish the best of both of them. But at, at, you know, I just never really. If I have a little bit of animosity towards somebody, you know, I, that's when the Bortnick fight. I I took my you know I went like that and put it in the gun holster because he beat two of my guys. You know, he like. You beat two of them. I'm the Avenger. You know, I, you put a name on my desk, and I go out there and smash them. So. And what about the celebration and party held after the fight? What was that night like, knowing that you were a uh, champion? Um, yeah, I, it was pretty darn cool because uh, everybody came to Cleveland that night. That Barley House, Cleveland, like the owners, Joe Orvac, Corey May, they all went to the fight, and they they always host my after parties and. Win or lose, we will lose because we we did. I mean, I sacrificed eight weeks, you know, and uh, it, it's you know, you gotta have you gotta be able to have some fun, you know, while doing this because the lifestyle is sometimes not fun, you know. And then when you do good things, and you know, hey, we worked eight weeks dry, no drinking, nothing like that, like it, you know, not going out, staying, you know, sacrificing a lot, you know, we're gonna go out and have a good time, you know, and um. Barley House is a is the club that I always I used to work there back in the day. You know, I was a bouncer there, and ironically, Dylan Budke and I used to bounce there back in the day. And look where he is now; he's in the UFC. And uh, you know, I I worked there for a bit. You know, I help out every once in a while. You know, make an appearance in there. But we went there. You know, we me, my girlfriend, my brother, and my whole family. We all went in together, and we just had a great night. You know, and um, lots of really cool people came up came in there. Um, but, uh, you know, they've always hosted my parties and they, you know, they're, they're absolutely awesome place to go, uh, especially for the Browns games. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, it's just a really good support system. You know, they, they treat me very well there and I could be any happier. Um, but just get ready for more of them because we're just going to keep piling them up. So once again, this is Chase the Archangel, Archangelo with us on Forge in Ohio. I may have asked you this last time, but do you think you've even been challenged yet in your amateur career? Uh, honestly, like I, I don't like to say that because, you know, every, anyone that steps in the cage with me, you know, I respect them highly, you know, because obviously we've had trouble in the past getting fights. But, like, I mean, I feel like it, it's always been a challenge. Even making the walks a challenge, you know, and – you know, a lot of people would never do that, you know, and I think that I, I haven't um, on the standpoint of, you know, in the competitive level, being out in the cage like for a fight. No, I have not been pushed. I have not been like tested yet because I haven't been hit yet. I've been hit maybe once or twice out of my five fights, you know, and you know, I got out of my comfort zone last year, did a boxing match and 
you know, that was like, I mean, I got hit a few times, but I controlled it the whole time, you know. I mean, my, my toughest battles are in here, you know. I, I, my, I've had days where I've gotten the shit kicked out of me. And I'm just like, you know, and then I go back the next week and then I go kick their ass, you know. But, like, that's why, I mean, it's just the level in here is absolutely insane, you know. And, like, that's, I mean, I, my sparring partners, you know, are, are unreal, you know. They're all professionals or guys that are, should be professional, you know, and they've been putting their whole life into it, you know, and guys that have been doing it for quite some time, guys that are in the UFC, guys that are world champs, you know, guys that have fought world champs, you know, and, like, just things like that. And just keeps my mentality of just saying, like, dude, there's nobody tougher out there than there are in this room. Like, once I get, obviously, in the UFC or, like, any organi- professional organization, yeah, there's going to be guys that are tougher than them, obviously. But right now... I mean, I, I don't really see anybody beating me. You know, I, I don't see anybody beating me in, in, the, in the amateur aspect. But, I mean, once, once, I, once I'm professional, you know, and I, I don't really know when, uh, if we're going to have another amateur fight, I'm not really sure. But I think we're going to go pro. We're not, I'm not too sure yet, but we're going to talk with my coaches and stuff. Um, but I know we're doing a boxing match in February, one more amateur boxing match, and then we'll probably make a move there. But uh, competitive-wise, you know, I, I've – I try not to overthink that, you know. I respect all my my opponents, you know, and uh, after the afterwards, but you know, I it's just we we both have a job to do. I, I feel like I just don't let him. I don't allow them to make it a war. I don't, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I feel like for you, there might be a dilemma when trying to turn pro, and it's a good dilemma to have. You want to be challenged, right? You want to have that oh shit moment that you referenced earlier, to have that experience before turning pro, but you're at a point where it seems like you're levels ahead of the competition out there. And and I feel like I am because, you know, I've I've been in training camps with the best man in the world, and I've been in training camps with guys that are absolutely dominant in the Ohio aspect of it you know and guys that have beaten really good guys you know i've i've smoked them you know i've took guys down i've beaten the daylights out of people you know and the guys that i that you know give me a run for money are the guys in here you know like they i've got my ass kicked a lot in here i've i gotta take a couple ass beatings to get to give out ass beatings you know and you know especially you know on the boxing side we got a lot of professional boxers in here we got guys like Dante Benjamin that comes in here every once in a while he's an undefeated top ranked boxer you know I, I watch Tiger Johnson come in here you know I, I don't farm he's not in my weight class but I watch him and I, I learn from that and like pretty simple though you know I, I don't really care about what the other amateurs are they don't they have not been through what I have everybody's got a story you know but my story is a little different you know I, I started from zero here you know, I, I didn't know anybody in Ohio. You know, I, I got a little bit of background, a little bit in here. I mean, my grandfather played for the Indians, but like, I mean, th- we don't really got a lot of Cleveland tie here. You know, I, I I just came out here and put a name for myself, and I'm like, this guy doesn't has not been through what I've been through. You know, and I just go out there and impose my will on people. And now that once we go to that next level, at the professional level, I got more tools now. I mean, I, I can't imagine me having my five fights if I was allowed to throw elbows. I, it'd be, they'd probably be stopping earlier. Yeah, I love that, man. It sounds like turning pro now that you are 5-0 and with that title. Sounds like turning pro is at the top of your mind right now. It is, you know, but, you know, I, I believe in Marcus and Cooper's 
ability. I, I believe in their 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 uh, mindset, and I believe their their you know their technique and stuff like that. I, I trust them. You know, if they want me to get one more, then I'll get one more. I, I really don't care. Just get someone in front of me. You know, I, I just want to get my hands on them, and you know, the sooner the better. But you know, I'm I'm not rushing. You know, I'm 25 and thriving. You know, but you know, if they want to get me as much experience as I can. You know, because once you go pro, you ain't going back. So, you know, and you know, I feel like I'm ready to go out and start annihilating people at 70, and you know, let everyone know and get feared by the archangel. Because you know, there's there's a guy that's that has nothing to lose, and he's coming out there, and I'm going out there and impose my will on him. And you know, it, it's pretty straightforward, though. You know, I, I'm a very very simple kind of dude. Um, but I mean that that is my goal, but I mean, if they want to hold back a little bit, then that, then so be it. You know, I don't really want to, you know, I didn't really particularly care what the amateur people think. You know, I, I, there's not going to be a lot of people wanting to fight me, and any mouthy fool can get it. But, I mean, I, if, if I had multiple decisions under my belt, you know, at an amateur level, then, yeah, I, I should get one more or two more. But, like, I'm just mopping the mat with people. So, I don't really know what their what their thing is, what their plan is, but I trust their plan regardless. How great is that thought that you are 25 and thriving, you have yet to compete in a fight where elbows are allowed, and you really haven't even reached your your best yet in your game for MMA because you are so young, you're still learning, you're still in an amateur. How good is that thought of how good you can become in the future? It, it's limitless, honestly, because, I mean... Even the coaching staff that trained Steve Bay from the bottom up, they they even said, like, they told me, like, when they, we did my chaos rounds, like, the week of the fight, they said, Chase, you can go 25 minutes. That's how good your cardio is. It's, they could not get me tired, so they had to get me rest, taking down someone 26 times to get me, like, winded. And, like, they could not figure out how to get, how to get me tired. That, that was the scary part, you know? And I, I just knew... In my head, like they even told me, like, Chase, you can go 25, you can do a 25 minute fight. That, that's scary. And, you know, obviously, I know I can. You know, I, I really don't, uh, I, I set my mindset to being a professional. You know, I'm a professional mentally, a professional outside of here. And when I'm in here, we, I am a professional. Like, I train with nothing but professionals in here, you know. And our amateur team is not, I don't even consider our amateur team my amateur team. Like, we are a professional team in general. And, you got to surround yourself with people that, that have, that can kick your ass or I can kick their ass, you know? And it's very humbling in here. Like I've had off days. I've had days where I'm like, I don't know what to do. I've had guys come in here like, and kick my shit. And I'm just like, but then I figure it out. I write stuff down at home. And then next day we go out there and I beat the piss out of somebody, you know, but it's just, it's just how it is, you know, but that's pretty much it though, man. It's just, uh, I just, it's pretty cool, you know, like, I got, like, my best friend. I get to go out and go fight my best friends, you know, in here, obviously. But, like, and we smile, and we smile and laugh afterwards, you know. Like, and we, we critique on each other, too. Like, yo, like, you got me here, right? Maybe get a little faint. Like, yo, like, that was a good shot, right? Just, we, we you know, we respect each other highly, you know. And, um, and I'm just super excited to watch all my brothers go out there. I get more scared watching my brothers fight than, than me fighting but um but just in general just love watching everybody grow and it 
shaped me a lot because I teach a lot of the classes here too. It made me a better fighter as well because I'm able to give out knowledge and stuff that, that I was learned, that I was taught by Cooper and Marcus and Bobby and Allison and, and so on and so forth. And then it's pretty cool because then I learn more when I teach. One way that you've yeah, worked toward being levels ahead of the competition, like I mentioned, is by training outside in Cleveland at this time of year. Why do you do these sprints, pull-ups, and so much more outside of strong style in the freezing cold? I mean, it, it's pretty simple. Like, Marcus and me, like, we have, like, a very similar mentality. Like, if I ask, like, the, like, the average person, like, would you rather go run in a gym on a treadmill, you know, be comfortable, you know, get your workout in, and then you go in your car, you know, run, run to your car, get in your car, warm it up, then go home. Versus getting out of your comfort zone, right, going outside, it sucks, but you're doing it because, and you look around, you don't see anybody else doing it, you know, you do it when nobody's looking, you know, and like, if it was easy, then there would be all your boys would be all with you, and when I go and do it, not a lot of people do it. When I, if I, now obviously when I tell like my teammates, yo, we're going outside, we're doing some sled pulls. They're going to do it with me, you know, or some of them, I don't even need to tell them. They, if I, they see me get my, get my stuff on, which isn't a lot. I just put shorts on, put my running shoes on. They see me put my shoes on. They're going to go out there and do it with me. You know, that's why we're just all, we're just different from any other gyms, you know? And even I, I just do it. Like, I don't do it just for a stunt. I do it because I love doing it. And like, nobody else does it. Like, it's easy to go drive to the gym and go into a treadmill and put your, you know, sauna suit on, get a good sweat in, right? I, I don't go, I don't put any of my sweats on. I just, I mean, sometimes I wear a poncho, you know, and I just, nothing else. And I take it off and I go get my work in, you know? And I mean, I'm out there for 30 minutes. What, what, what can 30 minutes do? Like, you know, and, and being different scares people. It, it scares the shit out of people. I don't care what anyone thinks, but like, it, people, people, you know, they like, oh, that doesn't scare me. No, it does. Trust me, it does. Like, because it'll, it'll show when you're, when, when you're squared up with me, you know. And like, I, I just keep coming after somebody until they gas out. And like, cold air is the best cardio. Like, you go out there and blow your lungs out. Out there, it's uncomparable to anything else, you know. And that's why I like being different, going out in the cold, because it's a struggle. Like, you're gonna feel like this way, like. Nobody feels sorry for you, like you don't, you know. But like, what? Why? Why do something comfortable if you can do something uncomfortable? And being able to just push through it. I mean, you know. So like, that's how. That's like, like my my mindset behind it. Marcus really likes just doing that kind of stuff together. And even during the day, like during my break, I man, I did one today. I mean, I went, you know, I did some sled pulls today. Like just a couple, couple, like probably right before this. I mean, it was like, like forty five minutes before I got done it. I did it, and then you know. Here I am. I'm. I'm not. I'm not dead. I'm. So, I mean, I'm fine. You know, I'm talking to you. You know. I mean, it's just. You know, getting a little uncomfortable is a good thing. So you did one today, and for people listening or watching that don't know, the day that we're recording this is the day where hundreds of schools in Northeast Ohio are closed because the high today is like what 12 degrees and wind chill of like negative yeah. 12, and you're out there doing sled pulls, man. I love to hear it. I mean, the thing is though, like, hey, if it's too cold, put a scarf on fine but oh it's not good for your lungs we'll put a scarf on you're fine i mean it's endless like obviously like you know it's not like there's a nuclear bomb went off you know and it's the air is contagious it's not true man like go throw a scarf on i mean i, I threw a poncho on i went out there and still did my job you know it's really that simple i mean i don't understand like 
the, you know, oh, I got to get my work in, but it's too cold out. Man. Fuck that. Get your work in. You know, <laughs> it's pretty simple. Yeah. All right, well, before I let you go, I, we have to talk about what's next for the Archangel. We talked about the boxing match next month in February, maybe one amateur fight left. You accomplished a lot in 2023. What do you think 2024 has in store for you? Oh, man, it, it's endless. You know, I, I think we're, we're – I am trying to plan out getting a good fight in Cleveland. I want to fight in Cleveland. I want to fight down the flats, the pavilion. Cause I haven't had fights down there in so long. You know, I, I really want to see if I can find a promotion – to, to get down get down the flats, I will sell that place out. It, it'll, you know, I sold out the MGM last, you know, my fourth fight, but yeah, you know, I made a good turnout down in Canton, right? But it's so far, right? But if we do this in Cleveland, man, it, it will be absolutely a movie, man. It'll be absolutely absurd. Yeah, I got the boxing match in February, and then uh, we're shooting for June for a next fight, um, but. Whether it's going to be professional or amateur, I'm not really sure. Um, I believe in my coaching staff, you know, like see where, where they want, what they want me to do. Um, but I got to go put someone's lights out in February. And then, um, you know, and then till then, I am going to be doing the same thing I'm always doing. I am going to be outworking everybody. Okay? It's just, it's really that simple. You know, I, I mean, I just, you know, if, they, if somebody copies me, I make sure I make it a little harder. You know, if someone wants to imitate me going outside in the cold and stuff, yeah, I'll, I'll take an extra piece of clothing off. I really don't care. Like that, I'll go roll in the snow. I don't really care. You know, I, I'll have someone shoot paintballs at me or something. I don't know. I'll get creative. You know, like I don't really care. But just being different, you know, and just going out there and doing my thing. Yeah, let me run this one by you because I had Randy Jarvis, the promoter of Cage Thunder, on Forge in Ohio ahead of Cage Thunder 25, and I talked to him about Cage Thunder's plan for 2024, and he mentioned maybe a card later on in the year in the flats, like a fight night in the flats type of thing, and if that's a pro-am card, of course you might already be pro, but you could be on the pro side of things, fight night in the flats for Cage Thunder. How does that sound? <laughs> I mean, hey, like, you know, I'm not going to – Agree or disagree, but if Randy makes that move, and I know we Randy have been talking about like after my fight, like they want to have something for that. But uh, if Randy's gonna be serious about it, you know, I know that Randy's gonna, you know, Randy's gonna be making a lot of money that night, and I'm gonna be making a lot of money that night for sure. Because I mean, it's gonna be a, I mean, it'll be sold out, packed house of fighting. I mean, it'll probably, if not the biggest, like fighting event in Cleveland since the MGM. Like, I don't even consider, I mean, it's in Northfield. Like, downtown MMA, come on now. Like, you get, and that's my backyard. Those are all my, my people. Cleveland's like, and they have home games. That's my home game. You know, like, Brown's got the home games. Indians got the, or Guardians, excuse me, got the home games. Right? Cavs got home games. And then, if I get my, my pro debut on that card, you know, down, down the flats, that's my home territory. And if we, we get that, you know, secured and, you know, everything goes smoothly, that will be a beautiful night for sure. Yeah, I'm just excited by the possibility of that happening, man. Before we wrap up, anything you want to shout out or plug here at the back end of the podcast? Yeah, so I want to shout out uh, Strong Style, obviously, my gym. Um, I want to thank Alex Cooper, Marcus Marinelli, Bobby Khalil. Um, for helping me throughout the camp. Also, uh, Stipe Miocic for helping me out as well. Alexa Chamor, one of my best friends, 
here at Strong Style, Miles Robinson. Um, I appreciate him so much as my my brother down in Columbus. You know, he comes up here still. It's Wednesday. No, he'll be here tomorrow. But I'll give him, you know, he's getting ready for his fight in March. I will be out with him in Atlantic City. I'm super excited for him. Uh, my boy AJ's fighting in Anaheim, California. He's fighting Treshawn Gore. I can't wait to see AJ beat the daylights out of Treshawn. And uh, my boy, I mean, we got a few more fights coming up in March, hopefully. You know, a couple of my other teammates are fighting. You know, I'm helping them out training and stuff. And a couple of my boxing teammates were all fighting in February together as well. So I'm super excited about that, you know. But just want to thank everybody for supporting the Archangel. And Jake, appreciate you so much for commentating my last fight and, uh, you know, following the journey. And uh, I'm looking forward for more, man. Of course, man. Thanks again, Chase, for joining me on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time and coming on here for your second appearance. You're easily one of the most talented fighters competing out of Ohio right now. Before we say goodbye, you know that I like to wrap up these uh, chats with the OHIO chant. So, OHIO, let's go. Sir, thanks, Chase. It was uh, an honor to be on the call of your last fight. Like you mentioned, I can't wait to see what you accomplish next. And you best believe I'll be following this story. I'll be documenting it all from here, man. Absolutely, man. Hey, thank you guys so much. Appreciate you. That was Chase, the Archangel, Archangelo, the unbeaten 5-0 amateur mixed martial artist. There's something different about Chase, and I experience it every time I talk to him. The confidence and self-belief are there. The pure talent is there, no doubt. But perhaps most importantly, the proof is there. Watch any of his fights, and you'll believe me when I tell you that the Archangel is is undeniable. I hope you enjoyed his second appearance on the show, and he's definitely a name that you can expect to hear more and more in the future. Don't forget to download episodes while you're listening to them on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're watching an Ohio YouTube channel, then I appreciate you and click the free subscribe button while you're here. Also, don't forget at Forged in Ohio on both Instagram and Facebook for all the latest updates on your favorite combat sports podcast. Thank you for watching or tuning in. I've been your host, Jake Murrin, and this was Forged in Ohio.